Hey everybody, welcome to the bloody awesome movie podcast, Bampocalypse Now. Um, I'm John Burke uh, from BurkeReviews.com, and with me as always from across the Atlantic, the Kingsman to my statesman, Matt Hudson from WhatIWatchTonight.co.uk. How's it going, Matt? Very good, my friend. You're doing really well. I've got a lukewarm cup of tea, which is probably the worst thing about this entire quarantine at the minute. My cup of tea's gone cold, but that aside, very well, man. I'm glad to be talking film with you. How are you? I am doing well. I have a very warm cup of decaf coffee because uh, it is, you know, um, oh, dude, I am. I'm so excited. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm having my cup of coffee now, but later tonight, I think I'm going to be a little bad. Um, it we have this ice cream place that is a it's the building is the shape of an ice cream cone. My God, that sounds good already. Right. OK, so it's the best ice cream, I think, in town easily. Uh, but it's on Wednesdays. They have waffle cones for two dollars and fifty cents. Dear God. And, and their flavor of the week is coffee. And I'm like, oh, I am in all over this. So I'm, I'm uh, one of my students, one of my seniors is messaging me uh, that she's in line to get the coffee ice cream because she's also a big fan. I'm like, let me know how good it is. And it distracted me for just a second. And I apologize, but I had to, <laughs> I was already considering bringing it up. And now I'm like, you know what? Bringing it up. Um, this episode is going to be six minutes long as John runs off to gives up and just runs off to the ice cream <laughs> store. I've got a sweet tooth the size of the Atlantic. So that is winning me over right now. Well, see, it is uh, my wife's work, which is why I'm going to go out, people. It's I'm not just going out to get ice cream, but I have to go <laughs> pick up my wife from work. And this ice cream place is literally across the street from my wife's work. So I'm going to go just a few minutes early and I'm going to risk it. Uh, yeah, I'm going to risk it uh, and get myself a coffee, ice cream, a waffle mm. cone. Um, I did run uh, three miles today. Uh, so, you know, I feel like I've, I've earned a little bit of a treat. Um, I'll be uh, I'll try to go carb light. When you were off air, John said... John scoffed at me because I had a bag of chocolate buttons, Cadbury, of course, in the cupboard. And he, he basically said, you disgusting pig, basically. And now look <laughs> at you, running off to get your ice cream afterwards. Yeah, but, you know, I'm we're sure one it's not of the bad same. ice cream. Yeah, no, oh, no, awful. man, any uh, ice cream is good ice cream. Dude, sweets are are my weakness right now in the quarantine. Mm-hmm. Like, I went like a solid year where, like, sweets were, like, a no-no. And then, like, quarantine, <laughs> I'm like... They, we can't have it in the house because I will not be able to say no the whole day. I can say no most of the day, not the whole and then day. like I cave. Um, it's tough, man. But... It's tough. It is as well. I mean, that like, seriously, like it's for everybody out there listening as well. It's a, it's a tough time, and we don't we don't make light of it. But a lot of people that, are struggling. That's a really great segue into what this is, what Bantpocalypse now is, and that is we are watching movies that are either about dystopian society or isolation or pandemics or quarantines or post-apocalyptic in some way or combination of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and episode 12, we've done 11 of these already since we've been on quarantine, <laughs> and um, it's like our way of counting down the days. Uh, we're watching John Carpenter's Escape from New York from 1981, a film that neither Matt nor I had seen. Yet, I think we're both pretty big Carpenter fans overall. Um, or at least I know I am, especially his like 80s and 70s stuff. Like I love The Fog. I think it's so underrated. I love The Thing. I love Halloween. Um, and uh, Escape from New York, I had just not seen. I was familiar with, but it has an 86 on Rotten Tomato, a 76 Metascore, a $6 million budget, which made $25 million worldwide box office. I don't believe that's adjusted for inflation, so that's pretty good turnaround. Yeah. Uh, much better than the last movie we talked about. Um <laughs> Films written uh, by Carpenter and Nick Castle. It stars uh, a lot of basically all of the Carpenter uh, cast is in this movie. Like everyone who's in the other Carpenter films shows up. Even in this film. uncredited as well. 
uh, right. Uh, Kurt Russell, Lee, Lee Van Cleef, Ernest Borgnine, who is not in another uh, movie of his that I can think of, at least. Donald Pleasance, though, shows up as the president, which is an interesting role for him. Isaac mm-hmm. Hayes, who, had, again, I don't believe had been in a previous uh, Carpenter film. I know him as Chef from South Park. Um, yeah. And uh, Chef? Is he Chef? Uh, yes. He, he, did the, um, he did the music, didn't he? Okay, that's the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then Harry Dean Stanton shows up. Uh, Adrian Barbeau um, and Tom Atkins. Uh, Barbo is also in um, The Fog. And so uh, it's on Amazon Prime here in the US and apparently also on in the UK. But is it for rent only in the UK? Yep, you got to, you got to drop uh, £3 or $5 for you guys oh, over man. there if you want to watch it. It was included with the Prime subscription here. So I apologize for that, sir. Thanks, mate. <laughs> but, <laughs> That's all uh, right. No, I, it's, it's a film which I hadn't seen. So I'm uh, more than happy to to drop a few pounds to to see what I'm going to get basically. So, um, what did you think, man? Um, you know, I, I I had a lot of expectation going into this because I feel like this movie's got such a reputation, and it's um, I I'm I'm a big Kurt Russell fan. Like I, I wasn't even aware of how big of a Kurt Russell fan I was until a few years ago. But I really really like Kurt Russell like a lot. Um, the uh, the Christmas whatever Netflix movie he, where he's oh, Santa Claus. Um, Christmas Chronicle. Yeah. I love him at Santa Claus. Like I am, yeah. I'm a big Kurt Russell fan. Um, and uh, I was really excited to see this one because it, it, you know, it's this iconic character that he's in. I love big trouble, little China. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, obviously the thing, but you know, he's to me, big trouble, little China is more like that action 80s star that I, I want to see Kurt Russell be. And I think we get that here, but the movie was, um, it wasn't as much fun as I thought I thought it was going to be. You know what I mean? Like, I kind of thought this would be a, like, way over-the-top action film with, you know, like, crazy stuff and, and like, cheesy one-liners. And it's it's not that. Um, I mean, some of that stuff's there. Mm-hmm. But it's also, uh, it's it takes itself way more serious than I expected this movie to do. Um, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's not a criticism. I, I do like this movie. I, I, I just like it differently than I thought I was going to. Like, I thought I would go in and laugh at a lot of the silliness and it would be, um, you know, like a, a Stallone film, like not one of the serious ones, but, you know, like the, the crappy 80s Stallone or Schwarzenegger films, you know, hmm. like it's th- that. And it, it wasn't really that. Um, it definitely has the Carpenter vibe to it. Um, it, Yeah, uh, it was it wasn't as post-apocalyptic as I thought it was going to be. It, it It's more dystopian. um. I thought New York was like messed up because of like an apocalypse where it's, it's become a prison instead because the crime rates, what, 400% or something like they said. Um, so they just turned the Island of, of New York into, or the Manhattan Island into the, uh, the, um, prison itself. And you couldn't escape the prison. I actually thought that was a really interesting premise. Um, you know, a lot of it is a little cheesy, but it's not like fun cheesy to me. Like, some of the uh the intro of like snake um like everybody knowing snake um was kind of like odd like why does everybody know who this guy is because he just got here like it's not like he's an established you know prisoner um but i i did like it um i do i think kurt russell's awesome uh in it i think he's like the best part of it uh, actually i really like harry dean Stanton in this um yeah. uh, uh, like just a lot and when i realized he was in it i was like oh sweet and Adrian Barbeau is always pretty awesome. Like she's really good in the fog. Mm-hmm. And I liked her character here. She's a, 
I, Carpenter wrote a tough female in this, even though he dressed her quite scantily um, by, you know, comparison to like the guys, although Kurt Russell does go without a shirt for a little bit, but yeah, yeah. Um, uh, y- you know, uh, I think she's a pretty tough character. Like she's, she's as badass as snake in some ways, you know? Um, yeah, I would say overall, I, I liked escape from New York. Um, I don't have like a, that's, I don't feel like there's like a really great action sequence in this movie. Um, the, like uh, there's, there's the one where he he's fighting that big wrestler called Slag, which is a weird name. Yes, when it, it in is. that like like UFC dome or the wrestling ring, that's that's the one that springs to mind. But right, but it's think of. it's and it's not a bad scene, but it's also like it doesn't. There's not like a whole lot of, I there's nothing iconograph like iconic about this in any way. You know what I mean? Like there's no iconography except for him in the eye patch that comes to mind when i when i think back on my viewing of the film and that was what i think was surprising because so many people seem to love like oh you gotta love snake and i can't imagine what escape from la is like because that that has to be real bad like because people really hate on that movie and like i'm like this one i thought would be campier i thought would be a lot more fun i thought would be maybe a little more action-packed um and it's it's again it's not that and I don't think it's trying to be that. I, somehow that got in my head that that's what this was going to be. Maybe yeah. because of the time period. Um, maybe because of its kind of cult following. Um, but it's it's actually a lot more serious and uh, edgy than I expected it to be. Um, yeah, I, first I got to say, Kurt Russell was such a manly man, isn't he? Because <laughs> watching mm-hmm. this, like, Kurt Russell is a, is a man. He just exudes just masculinity, um, which isn't a bad thing. He's a very handsome man, and he still is right right now. Kurt Russell was a don. Yeah, um, it, before this, he'd been in a lot of crap Disney films. And then since, since this film, he went on to, yeah, like I said, a thing. Big Trouble, Little China, Tequila Sunrise, Tombstone, and, you know, at, at, you know, insert Kurt Russell film here. So Kurt Russell did well for himself on the back of this, and Snake Pliskin is one of the best protagonists out there, anti-heroes out there. I love the character of Snake, and I think Kurt Russell plays him so well. You know, I actually, you actually dig this character, even though he's he's an antihero. He's a he's a criminal. He's going to be pardoned yeah. if he if he helps save the president, which is Donald Pleasant, which was a strange bit of casting. Um, mm-hmm. I it's uh, yeah, I I think the film's good. I liked it, but it, yeah, the uh, some of the promotional material I'd seen for this film is Kurt Russell, you know, standing there looking all tough with a massive gun. And I was like, right, I, this is going to be that kind of film where Kurt Russell just goes around uh, taking names and kicking ass. And it wasn't really, it wasn't like you just said, it wasn't really as action packed as I thought it was. And disappointingly, the action in the film was a bit, not was a bit rubbish. It, exactly. What do you see your point? Even the, like the wrestling match with, between snake and slag, which sounds ridiculous is to mm. stand out, but there's nothing from it, which I really remember. You know what I mean? It's just it's just an action, another action scene right. in a film that kind of like episodically plods along, and the pacing I thought was really odd. It it starts off really slowly, and it slows down too much at times, especially for a film which has a ticking time clock. The whole, the whole central focus of it is Snake has got well, it turns out to be twenty two hours to yeah. find and extract the president. So for a film which you know you'd think is going to be like go 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 go, it's you know, Carpenter takes his time as well, and it's not always for the best either yeah um, it looks good for its time james cameron helped with the james cameron helped on director of photography duty so he did a lot oh. of the um 
a lot of the visuals for this film. And it's interesting, like Blade Runner came out the year later, I think, and Mad Max 2 came out the same year. So it's that sort of time for these films. And I think Escape from New York looked, obviously Blade Runner kind of set a tone, whether you like the film or not. It's kind of become like the poster boy that film has for these kind of films. But I think I think Escape from New York had a dirty, grungy, grimy, futuristic vibe. Just, you know, it's 1997 it was set in. I think it's okay, but yeah, I just the action, the lack of action was disappointing. Just only because I that's what I went in like you expecting, and a lot of that was due to the marketing which I'd seen for this film, which was Kurt Russell looking tough with an eye patch on, with his guns out, and a massive gun in his hand. I thought like, well, this is what kind of film it was going to be, and like you say, it hasn't got a kind of like campy schlock that other films of this time did. And I'm quite grateful actually because the idea of Snake being a like cracking one-liners doesn't work. I mean, his end line is cool. The final thing he says in the film, but I don't like the idea of him dropping one-liners. Leave that to Arnie and Slice alone and all that. Um, yeah, it's just you know the story is fine, but in terms of Carpenter's films, I don't think it ranks up there as his best film. But it's certainly not his worst film. It's just a de- it's just a decent film. And same could go for Kurt Russell. It's not his best film. It's not his worst film. But it may be. Kurt Russell may be his most iconic role. If it's not, if it's not that, it's one of them in the top three, surely, because he's just got that look. Him, the eye patch, the vest—you know—it's just synonymous with each other for me. But Escape from New York, I liked this film. I did enjoy it. I wasn't bored during it, but I did notice that it was—it was the pacing was dragging for a film which is only about an hour and forty Mm. minutes long. Uh, as compared to the last film we watched, I got more enjoyment out of this film. So what that says about my movie taste, I don't know. But um, yeah, I'm a Kurt no. Russell fan. I like Wyatt Russell, like his son, who just looks exactly like yeah. him. And I'd love if they, really when they good. remake this film, because they are, I'd love them to cast Wyatt Russell in to, as as um, the new Snake Plissken. But yeah, for, for a, a revenge flick, it's, it's fine. It, it opens with narration and text from Jamie Lee Curtis. And then the text disappears and it's just Jamie Lee Curtis talking for a little bit. And that was slightly jarring as well. But I don't know. It was okay. It was no, there's no surprises in this film other than the lack of action surprised me. But other than that, it's, yeah. it's pretty by numbers. And yeah, Escape from LA's got panned. So I'm not in any rush to see that as much as I think Snake is a badass. But yeah, I, this is a film which I know. I enjoyed watching it. Um, again, I feel bad for saying I'm not going to rush out to watch it again. And I don't mean that because I didn't like it. I don't mean that because it bored me or it didn't excite me or engage me, but I've seen it once and I feel like I've got everything I yeah. need out of it. Well, that's, that was the disappointing thing to me was that it didn't for a film that I've heard talked about for so long and whatever, I was expecting there to be some big moment that I'm just like, Oh, that's, that's this movie's moment. Right. Yeah. And yeah. instead it, it's, it's snake. He is the, mo- he is the character, the moment, the moment that you yeah. walk away from. And that's cool. But it's like, I'd rather see him do like, cool stuff and like he doesn't like at times you know like he does some things like that are cool or whatever but and like it's such an interesting world that they've crafted but yet it it feels like we're just you know little vignettes of what the world is rather than really like diving into any of them in a in a meaningful way um and the action scenes are are quick and they're you know like he seems more scared that to me most of the time than he does confident and like not i get it like everyone's trying to kill him basically (laughs) Like, but it's still just, I don't know. Like I wanted something more like insane to happen. And it, it's not that. And again, 
I don't think that's what the movie's trying to do, but that's definitely what I assumed I was getting into. I, was, I thought it was going to be like this crazy action flick, and it's it's really not. It's kind of more of like a dystopian drama um, with a little bit of action sprinkled in because of the nature of the movie. It, he's rescuing the president. Mm-hmm. Not that that really matters, and like the commentary about it and the, the whole cassette tape, like uh, the cassette tape thing is kind of funny. Um, and, and, you know, there's like the Cold War kind of element to it. Uh, you know, because it's Russia again, because it's eighties, and that was a big thing in the eighties. Oh, it was always Russia was the villain, um, which we've con- we've gone back to now. Uh, we constantly make Russia the the, the bad guys again, but um, yeah, it, you know, it's it was. I wouldn't say the movie's disappointing. I was disappointed that I didn't love it more. I also liked I it. Agree with that. I, I really wanted to this to be like, oh yes, like Big Trouble, because like I can rewatch Big Trouble Little China like anytime. Like I love that movie. This movie was cool, but I'm probably good. Like, but yeah. I, Big Trouble's on. I'm gonna watch it. Like that movie's so much fun, and I love Kurt Russell so much in that. And again, he's not bad in this. I just like like the character so much more fun. And there's martial arts, which I love martial art movies. So like, that's also missing in this. You know, um, I, again, it's not bad. It's just it's definitely not what I was expecting this to be. Uh, you know, although I do, I really did like Harry Dean Stanton a whole lot. I kind of felt like the Duke was not present enough as the villain to really matter. True. Like he just kind of shows up like almost like Isaac Hayes was too busy to, to be on set enough. <laughs> Cause like, I also didn't realize who the Duke was at first. I thought the Duke was the, this henchman guy, the weird kind of guy with like the, Brian. like the Dragon Ball Z looking character. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I think so. No, no, not Brain. That's Harry Dean Stanton. Um, oh yeah, mm. I know what you mean. Yeah, that the kind of like maniacal type chap guy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He he gets the the cabbie's hat. Yeah. Yeah. It's Romero is the character's name. Um, he has a very distinctive look. He looks like he's got like makeup on, like real heavy, and his hair is kind of spiked up. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he was the Duke for a bit because like when uh, there was a scene where they were like the guys the duke and the, and romero pulled up at where the, the brain was living or whatever and they're like oh no how did he find out um i i just assumed that was the duke and then isaac hayes showed up i'm like oh wait he's the duke i totally misread what was happening so um you know i think the other guy would have been enough of a villain you know he seemed because he's the one who came out with the president's finger you know like make him like this crazy leader like it would have been fine but yeah. but alas. yeah alas not 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 a bad movie but not my favorite. So I liked the Duke's limousine with the chandeliers. I was like, "That's cool." Yeah, that's, yeah. You know, that's, that's unnecessary wealth. But I like that. Do you know what? Else? We're talking cheesy. The cheesiest part of this film was the was the awesome soundtrack, like the synthesizer snare um, led uh, soundtrack, which John Carpenter, as he did most of his films, in yeah, I was about to say he probably composed it. He, he did. Was... He composed it along with Alan Howarth. John Carpenter yeah. was on keyboard synth and produced it. And Alan Howarth was synth sequencing program production, and um, a couple of other people as well. But I, I like the um, I like the uh, the score. The score really tried to give the film some urgency because the snares it's like dun 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 dun. It's really eighty sounding, but I I like that. I found myself sort of tapping my feet and smiling at the kind of I don't know if it's intentional, but the cheesiness of the soundtrack, the electronic soundtrack. But that was one of my favourite parts of the film, for for better or worse. But you know, I you know, I, I echo pretty much everything you say there not to be that guy um i mean i've given my opinion on the film but i echo what you say as well that yeah i really really thought i was going to go into this and just be like yes this is this is incredible and like have like an hour and a half of this fist pumping like yes kurt you're the man 
was I still think Kurt's the man. And I really like the character of Kurt, uh, Snake. Sorry, I, I just came away thinking, well, that was a that was a solid action, um, sort of yeah, d- dramatic action film. I never once felt on edge or tense at what was going to happen, uh, even without the knowledge of a sequel. I never once thought anything bad was going to happen, or at, even mm-hmm. at the same time had. Yeah, any, I, I didn't care any other than Snake. I didn't really care at all. Harry Dean Stanton, bless his heart. I don't really care about the rest of the characters enough to worry about they worry about if they bit the dust or not. And I agree. I agree with uh, what you say about uh, Adrian Barbeau. I cared about her character, but you know, I mean, if she bites the dust, fine. If Donald Pleasance, if the president ends up beating it, then great. I'm not entirely bothered by that. <laughs> Just do you know what I mean? Like when when the end came and the characters that left us did. I was like, okay. Fine, and then at the end, Snake drops a cool line, and that's the end of the film. And I yeah. press stop, and I was like, "Right, well, I'm going to go and make a cup of tea and do something else now." I, I enjoyed yeah. watching the film, right. but and that's that's it. And and I'm, I don't mean, and I, I know JB shares the same sentiment. I, I we don't mean to come across as negative that you know, oh, you know, boo hoo, we did, we weren't blown away. That means the film wasn't great. Nothing about that at all. We enjoyed the film. It's that I think it's certain films come with a baggage or expectations like this one. And I guess the, the last episode we did Brazil comes with mm-hmm. that expectation, which you are going to be blown away. When which reality... is the weird. I think that's the weird pairing of those two movies is that we didn't do that on purpose, but these are, those are two movies that we've never up. seen. And we heard so many things about, and neither really lived up to what I think we had put in our heads. They would be t- yeah, the to reality us. is we just thought these are two good films. We enjoyed watching it for the time we did for the most part. But once the films were done, it was right. What, what have I got to do next? Rather than I immediately need to go online and I, I need to dive into every facet of that, or even kind of just look into it a bit more. So I was like, well, that's a good film. I'm but done with it now. That's the difference. Like Escape from New York, it's like um, you ate a meal that was you needed the calories for the day, <laughs> but it wasn't anything that was like flavorful or amazing. It was just like that was fine. And then like Brazil was like. I'm not sure how I feel about that, and I don't really know what it was, but I'm not dead. So, like, <laughs> you know, different kind of reactions. Like, this is like you, you did it and you can move on and, and be done. I want to um, – I was looking at the reviews on Letterboxd for Escape from New York, and I, this one I think is just okay. so funny. Uh, the user's name is Silent Dawn. I don't know, uh, like, if, if he writes for anything else, but um, he, he wrote uh, – Escape from New York is one of the few films that feels like it was written by a group of imaginative eight-year-olds. Now, I say that he gave it four stars and gave it a 78 out of 100. So it's a, he's very up on this movie. Up on it, yeah. um, but this is he has a checklist of that I think is great. Um, iconic city turned into a high-security prison? Check. The president of the U.S. is kidnapped after crashing into the city? Check. Nuclear warfare imminent? Check. A stoic badass is the only one to save the day? Check. And his name? Snake Plissken. Check, check, check. Moody <laughs> and pulse quickening 80 cent score? Check. Main anti-hero injected with deadly poison capsules that are timed? Check. And a car with chandeliers on the side? F yeah. Like, um, <laughs> it's, it does feel like, you know, like, a, I would even go, not eight-year-olds, maybe teenagers, like mm-hmm. stone teenagers wrote the script for this. Yeah. And uh, it, and that's not necessarily a negative thing, um, but it is like, it's one of those kind of, and that's where I'm disappointed because I, I feel like all of those things, somewhere there has to be crazy action set piece. Yeah, and there is a big there action set piece. Because even that that fight, like it's memorable. Like they, there's rounds, I guess, because they start with just regular baseball bats, and then he has spiked baseball bats with a trash can lid, 
and he kills the guy. And then they Spoilers. Get, and they get sharks with freaking laser beams on their head, and it all gets a bit out of control. And the next scene, there's a, there's a plane and a helicopter going towards each other. Oh, no. It's back again. Um, But, yeah. <laughs> I think I think that concludes our episode on yeah. Escape from New York. It's not a bad movie. Um, it's not our favorite, and we, we definitely went in with uh, a different movie in mind than what we got, which is our fault, not the movie's fault. But um, you know, I, I guess you know, thirty something years of hearing people talk about this movie, I kind of thought it would be more of an action film uh, than it is. So um, that's our review of Escape from New York. Matt, where can uh, the, the listeners find you if they want to follow you with anything else? Uh, they can find me at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk and on Twitter and Instagram at whatiwatchtonight. And you mentioned Letterbox. If you want to find me on there, just look for W-I-W-T or what I watch tonight. I am on the web at burkreviews.com and the social media uh, at burkreviews. And you can follow the show, Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast, at Instagram. We are Bloody Awesome Movie Pod. And Matt, what about Twitter? It's at BAMP underscore podcast. B-A-M-P underscore podcast. Um, and that's all we got for this episode. We want you to stay safe during this quarantine. So watch movies in the process and listen to these episodes. And if you like what we're doing, please rate and review us. It helps other people find the podcast. Matt, what do you have to say to the listeners? Stay safe and keep it bloody awesome. And keep watching movies. Blood, 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 bl